You've dreamed of building a family, but the journey hasn't been easy. I'm Dr. Laura Shaheen, a reproductive endocrinologist helping people build families every day. On our new podcast, Baby or Bust, we'll be learning from both reproductive experts and people who have faced challenges just like yours. Join us every week for Baby or Bust, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to follow us so you never miss an episode. SheFit, we're so over beach bodies and getting bikini ready. You should be empowered to wear anything you want, except a bad sports bra. You deserve better. You deserve a bra with fit and support like no other. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually performs. Fully adjustable to fit your body with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. Today on the Zabecast, in Italy, they played Game Zero before the coronavirus exploded. They had no idea the hell that was about to be unleashed. Notorious J.A.Y. joins me. He's got a list of the five best live performances he's seen. Plus, I'll peg him on his thoughts on the old school tournament games last weekend. All that, plus when your announcer is so good you can listen to him call a wiper blade replacement, you know you're a legend. Your daily Corona Apocalypse Boredom Buster is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. Here we go. Thursday, March 26, 2020. Thank you for joining me. Today should be the first full day of Zabe Vegas 2020. We are going to savor it even more next year if we don't have it in October which I'm still trying to get a beat on, depending on the shape of the rest of this spring and summer when it comes to the sports calendar. Let me get a couple of good nuggets. I wouldn't necessarily call it good news, but these are are coronavirus-related stories that I think are uplifting, and they are positive. Number one. About 40,000 retired healthcare workers have responded to New York's call to join their reserve staff amid the current crisis. Fucking A right. Unbelievable. When I say these people that are in medicine and the healthcare industry are fucking savages, I mean it. Every bit of it. Let's hope we don't have to call on them, but that is a remarkable thing right there. Here's an Extraordinary note, hedge fund manager Bill Ackman says he made a $27 million bet in early March that markets would crash due to coronavirus. The pet, the bet paid off $2.6 million, and he is now investing that money back into companies including Hilton, Lowe's, and Burger King. That's remarkable right there. Also, Bauer has said they are changing over their factory from making helmets in hockey to making protective eye shields and face shields for healthcare workers. And they can start making as many as 10,000 per month. That's great. I learned that the reason that Apple had 9 million masks was because they have, I guess, these safe rooms and they get, you know, their component parts where they assemble things and whatever, that they have these things on hand. A number of other agencies have also stockpiled masks because the federal government requires them to. 
Also, you're starting to learn more, we all are, about why some things are not as easy as you think. I talked about the fact that there was a company that said they developed a, a COVID-19 test that could be done at home. They were ready to ramp it up uh, ramp it up, and get it out as soon as Monday of this week. And next thing you know, the FDA says not approved. We still do have a regulatory bottleneck. And I don't know if it's too long, not long enough, or just right. That's for people who are in the medical business to give me their thoughts on. I don't want totally unregulated stuff flying out there. Uh, But at the same time, how much government burden to prove yourself, how many clinical trials do you have to conduct, et cetera, et cetera, are optimal. That I don't know the answer. Anyhow, I hope you're uh, handling uh, your current situation, whether it's semi-isolation, social distancing, or a full-on lockdown uh, with the best good humor and cheer you can possibly find. This is a remarkable story. It's about a soccer match that authorities in Italy believe is effectively game zero. It was a match between, it was a UA, it was a UEFA Champions League match between Al Atlanta, which had been out of the top division in Italy for 10 years, and they had never made the Champions League. Alatalta, it's like Atlanta. Atlanta with an extra L in it. And they were playing uh, Valencia from Spain. At the time they played the match, it was so big, they had to move it from their home stadium down to Milan. And it was everything for the citizens that you know lived in that town. And so they flooded down to Milan to watch the match. And there was a decent group of fans that had come over all the way from Valencia as well. And at the time, there was like literally maybe two cases of coronavirus in Italy. Next thing you know, kaboom. A bunch of players test positive. A bunch of fans test positive. They believe now that upwards of a 1,000 people may have contracted the coronavirus from being at that game. 40,000 people in close proximity, hugging, kissing, because the home team scored four times, which is a hell of a total for soccer, right? Uh, A 4-1 victory uh, for the home club, and they loved it. The next game they played in the UEFA Champions League was without fans, because it was in Spain, and the Spanish authorities were like, yeah, we probably should not have fans in the stands for any team that's coming from northern Italy. But at that time, it was too late. Uh, The Italian team won again, so they advanced. Uh, But at that point, all that commingling, all that mixing together had pretty much set off what authorities say is a biological bomb. Uh, A high number of players uh, from at least one of the teams, uh, all, all Atlanta, had tested positive the team from Spain is not releasing their test results, and they say they're not even testing players who are not uh, showing symptoms, which certainly is different from how we've done it here in the USA with the NBA. Testing is ramped up remarkably in the U.S. in just a week. That's good, but that's only part of the problem or only part of the solution. And Really, it's it's the the ball game is in New York City, New York City, Suffolk County. Apparently, fifty six percent of the cases nationwide are there, and they are wrestling with the devil to try to get this under control. So, it's all I got to say on that. There are 
positive stories and positive notes out there uh, that I think you can find inspiration on. And we will power through and do our part and pick up the pieces on the other side, of which there will be another side. And when this all does get ramped up again, it will be glorious. All right, time now for Notorious J-A-Y. Hello. Hello, Jay Cottrell. How are we doing, brother? I'm good, Steve David. How are you? All things considered, I'm just All fine. All things considered, yes. All things considered. It uh this this whole episode in our lives is just it's a great test of mental toughness more than anything else because we are still swaddled in all the comforts of being a first of first world nation. Would you agree? Yes. And it's a mental test more than anything else and I hope it'll bring a newfound appreciation. I I always I was talking to someone like 2 weeks ago and I said we'll never go we'll never go through anything as bad as 9/11. Well, I guess I'm wrong on that. Yeah, no, this is this is definitely worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely yeah. worse than that. I, I I had I had faint hopes, and they are quickly already being dashed. That something like this could really bring the country together, but no, 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 no. It's still it the the usual sniping, the usual back and forth has already begun. It's it, just it, tragic. But there's some politicians who are emerging as superstars on the way they've handled it. And I will say one man, Maryland's own uh, Governor Hogan, he is coming out. He's given Hogan high marks. Yes. Okay. He, he didn't pussyfoot around. He came out. He had a plan. Unlike other people in office, he had a, he, he had, had a, a plan. He knew, what he, he, he knew what he was going to do. Yeah. Governor Hogan, he's come out. I think when this is all said and done, he may make a run at something in in four years. Yeah, I'm just okay. saying. Yeah. All right, all right. So you you bring to the table today, good stuff. Uh, I do want to ask you, uh, how much of the games did you watch last weekend? The old vintage games. <laughs> To watch that's them all, why, basically. That's why I didn't text you back because I was watching them all. I was like, "Oh, they texted." I was watching them like I had I had no idea who was going to win. Uh, did you know that there are some parents that made their kids watch the games and they I, didn't know who's going to win? They filmed their reaction. There was some there was some Kentucky fans or some Duke. Yeah, it was Kentucky fans who made them watch the Duke Kentucky game, and the kids were like, "What? What did we lose?" And they're like, "Yup." <laughs> I love them. They uh, showed the uh, Houston Rockets, uh, Houston Rockets, Houston Cougars against NC State. And there were so many things that were like Houston was so much better than NC State, man for man. If you went person, person for person. And it just didn't, it just defies logic how NC State won that game. Why didn't they, why didn't they just run them out of the gym? Why were they so timid? That Sky Lewis effed it up because with like nine minutes to go, he had Clyde Drexler in foul trouble and he started started going to uh, the stall. And that's what killed him right there. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And and Akeem was on the bench because he was winded. That was... Because they played, because they played in Albuquerque at altitude, and Akeem, yeah, and Akeem had the oxygen mask on, like, 
<laughs> Did you see Akeem's stat line? No. What? Eighteen, ten, and ten, and that ten was block shots. Wow, it was ridiculous. That's oh. exactly right. All right, you brought to the table today, and unfortunately, I should have had you email them because now I've got to punch them up. And I'm not sure I'm going to get the right ones. You have the top five live yeah. performances. These are me. These are my top five Your... live performances. Pre-internet. Okay. Internet. Okay. So... You've got you've got Bell Biv DeVoe at number five, 1990, on Showtime at the Apollo. Yes. Okay. It's at okay. There it is. It's top one. It wrecks the Apollo. Is what it's called. Tell me a little bit about Bell Biv DeVoe, please. Well, they were an offshoot from New Edition. Yeah, um, Michael Bivens. The, 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 Bell Biv DeVoe was a black boy band. Yes, they were. They were an off. See, there was New Edition, and then New Edition had uh, Ralph Trevent and Johnny Gill. They went solo for a little bit, and the other few guys were like, "Well, what are we going to do? Hey, let's make a group." So it's Ricky Bell, Ronnie DeVoe, and Michael Bivens. Bell Biv DeVoe. Got it. And they were like the biggest thing for like three months their their album oh, i can't remember the name of it i can see it but i know it went uh platinum they were they were incredible but they couldn't sing at all if you listen if you watch the video really these, these are all youtube oh they were terrible singers it's terrible all singers. it's all what is it all just uh tracks that they're going to no no they were they were singing live but they just weren't good but okay they were a great state on stage and the crowd at the apollo it was like because I showtime, showtime at the Apollo. At the Apollo. I you, I remember, remember watching that, that twelve thirty one okay. p.m. after yeah. Saturday Night Live <laughs> signed off. Was I it twelve thirty one or was it one a.m.? No, no, you're right. It was twelve thirty because I can't believe you watched it. But yeah, of course, it, it, I got to get my black culture one way or the other. But <laughs> and I've seen a lot of acts because that show was like you had to watch it. All right, here we go. This is Bell Biv DeVoe. <laughs> Yeah, no. I don't know why it's only in one ear right now. What's he doing to you? Oh yeah. We're gonna break it down one more time. Translate well because you have to people listening to the podcast. You have to watch the video because the Apollo crowd is known for being boisterous, and they were losing their freaking minds yeah. for Bell Biv DeVille, like I've never seen before. And I watched that show religiously. Yeah. Okay, that's number five. Number yes. four, Jay, is yes. what? Nirvana on MTV Unplugged. Do you remember MTV Unplugged? I do. Did you- I like okay, MTV yeah. Unplugged. That's a, I, I in fact, that's it. a good wormhole to go diving down into that's, during that's this current shutdown. Right, and that's that's how it started. And I had not forgotten, but uh, Nirvana, who was the biggest band in the world at this time, there's there's no you know nineteen was nineteen ninety uh, what was nineteen ninety four. Yep. Yeah, they were the biggest band in the world, and they won MTV Unplugged. And I did some research. Kurt Cobain was coming off drugs during this performance, so he was real jittery and nervous. But they, uh, I, I watched the whole thing. My there we go. Performer, our favorite performer, isn't it? All of ours. You like him the best? Oh, and 
Such an intimate setting. It's so awesome. Yeah, I would have loved funny. to have been in one of those tiny settings. Holy shit, would that have been great? This was the song, Where Did You Sleep Last sleep Night? By Lead Belly, yes. Yeah. And really quickly, uh, I'll, I'll wait to Go ahead. No, I'll go wait. ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Do you have, do you have, I'm looking at your notes here. You don't have a cue mark on this, so I'll just pick it up mid-song. Go ahead. Okay. But but uh, they did a lot. They did David Bowie. I can't, they did like three or four songs other than Nirvana songs. It was probably the best unplugged MTV ever did. There we go. In the pines, in the pines, will the sun don't ever shine? I would shiver the whole night through. Does it shock you to know that I have no idea who Lead Belly is? Oh, he was a blues singer from the okay the twenties. Uh, so, oh, that oh. many people know who Lead Belly is. Oh, Lead Belly. <laughs> <laughs> It's good shit. Too bad it's in standard definition, but then again, we're talking 1996. And nobody would ever know that out of that, Dave Grohl would be the most successful person out of all. Well, Kirk Cobain's dead, but Dave Grohl is like the you know one of the biggest musicians on earth, and he didn't say a word in in that in that uh, concert setting. Right. All right, number three, Jay, is what? Oh, what's it? What, uh, oh, oh, that was my okay. I can, I can, I, I'm letting you set it up while I type number them in. Number three, I love it. LL Cool J. Am I right? Yes. MTV Unplugged. Unplugged again. LL Cool J. Mama said, "Knock you knock out." Knock you out. Now this was they. They had never done hip hop before with a band and unplugged, and. LL Cool J, and I'm, I hope your mom's not Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Zabin, please uh, cover your ears. He wrecked, he wrecked the fucking joint. It was, I've never seen anything <laughs> like this in my entire, because I remember watching this, and it doesn't translate from what you're going to see, but the crowd was just insane. And L, I mean, LL was, and by the way, he looked like a freaking linebacker. Because uh, yeah. he had his shirt off. Oh, it's good shit right there. He's, it, it was, it was, it was, I was losing my mind watching it. How, how do you like him as an actor, by the way? He's actually okay. I mean, I think he's any, good. Any given Sunday, he was good. Um, he's currently on TV, right? He, is he on yeah. one of the NCISs or something like that? One of the one of the NC, NCIS Brooklyn. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it, he's, he's on one of the 50 NC, NCIS shows. Hmm. All right, next one up, number two, all-time number live two. performances. This was an MTV, another original um, when Oasis, remember Oasis, they were like the biggest band ever for like six months. And they were in Brazil. And this was right after, because it's two, it's Liam and Noel Gallagher, the, the fighting Gallagher brothers. All they did was fight. Now, uh, for this tour, Liam just didn't show up. So his brother Noel had to sing. Wow. And yeah, because all, all they did was fight all the time. 
And uh, so they're in Brazil and they're singing. Uh, like I think I don't know if this song was number one at the time, but don't look back in anger. And the crowd and they're they're Brazilian, so they speak Portuguese. But they freaking sing the whole song for him because he, you know he says you know before he starts he goes uh, sing along with the chorus uh, if you'd like to, and it's just like he might as well just not you just played the the uh, the chords and just let the crowd sing. But it was freaking awesome. Here we go. So- It's coming. Stand up beside the fireplace. Take that look from off your face. You ain't never gonna burn my heart out. Now you can't hear the crowd. Ugh. Maybe I've got the wrong one. I think you had the wrong one. Damn it, uh, 3,000 views. I get, so, yeah, that's not the one I gave you. But. Okay, here, I got the other one. Well, no, that's the same one, 3,000 views. That's the second one. Let me go to the first one. Uh, also 3,000 views. Damn it. I'm sorry, Jay. I should have done a better job of this. Anyway. Well, that's okay. You have, you have other, but when you go to YouTube. Emotional version. Okay, yes. Noel Gallagher, emotional. Emotional, Yes. That's the one. I think you can fast forward it to like 50 seconds. Uh, Emotional. Just a second here. Okay. Uh, uh, This uh, segment brought to you today by Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube, get your car in for service (laughs) and make sure your car is up to date. That's Jiffy Lube, the proud sponsor of this awkward pause in today's Zabecast. Okay, here we go. It's been a very special night. Thank you very much. This next song is called All the Back in Anger. Feel free to join in the chorus. No, feel free to okay. join in. There you go. The sick. Okay. okay, here we go. Wow. And, and they're playing in a soccer stadium too, so it's not like there's like three thousand people. It's right. like hundred thousand people. And this is in Brazil. This is in Brazil. Yes. Yeah. They don't know fucking English, but they know these. They know the words of this song. That's for sure. How does, how does that happen? Because music is a universal thing, man. Okay. Because if there was a if there was a Spanish song that was playing, I wouldn't know the words. I, I would. I wouldn't be able to sing back the words in Spanish. Jay, the fact that you are such a musical omnivore is really remarkable. Because you know. Oh, here you, it comes. Here. Okay. Fantastic that's, that's shit little, right that's there. 
That's no, I, that's I, that's uh, that is turkey. That's chicken skin inducing right there. And of course, they show the shots of the young women on the shoulders of their boyfriends, just swaying and singing. And you're the guy that wrote the song. Just a bunch of words about something about life that translates to all these different countries and a couple of chords, and you get up in front of a soccer stadium, and they're all doing this. It's got to be the most amazing feeling in the world, and yet, Jay, so many musicians still become drug addicts because, (laughs) am I right? This drug should be way more powerful than fucking cocaine, but it's not. You You would think that would be the high. Yes! (laughs) Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes, you would think so. All right. And now for number one on Jay's list of all time awesome live performances. And it's well, it's not even close. I know the one you're talking about because I saw the movie. And it's the and it's funny because uh I was gonna put you two up there too, but I was like, I can't that that wasn't as great as the number one performance, of course, it's 1985 Queen Live Aid. It's, I mean, the great thing about that is, though, Queen was an afterthought. It would be like, what's a good sports analogy? Oh, okay, it would be like if Ryan Fitzpatrick led a team to the Super Bowl. Yeah. There you go. They were <laughs> right. like, they, they weren't the stars, they were an afterthought, and they stole the freaking show with every major performer in the world performing that day nobody remembers no david bowie and you two are the only people that you remember from live aid that's it other than queen everybody else forgettable dire straits was there dire straits was like one of the biggest acts because remember money for nothing was like huge yeah i loved i loved bohemian rhapsody and i then afterwards because i had kind of forgotten about live aid and everything else i watched a side-by-side shot for shot and he did it Perfect. Right. A side-by-side, like, here was how it was live, and here was how the movie depicted it. And you're like, damn, they really didn't take too many liberties with it. No. So here we are. Perfect. I I like Radio Gaga even better from Live Aid, personally. Uh, Oh, no, no. I I, I was, like, looking one to pick. All right, here uh, we go. This is is a crazy little thing called love. Now they didn't. They didn't show this during the, the Mohini Rhapsody movie, did they? No, they did not. That. As a matter yeah. of fact. And it was like this was they just when he was doing the vocal thing, the Deo, and which by the way was one of the most incredible moments in music history. That that one guy had the crowd. I'll shut up with it. All right, let me get uh, let me get Radio Gaga, then we'll jump ahead to AO just because you reference it there. Okay. 
did you did you watch this when it came? Did you watch it? Do you remember this? Or I don't. You just had to. Okay. All Let's right. see. It was 1985. What was I doing? I was a junior in high school. <laughs> so yeah. I like Bohemian Rhapsody better than the Elton John biopic. I just watched that for the first time today. And? Rocket Man. I didn't like it. It was okay. It wasn't great. But it was good to kind of see the backstory, as at least told in movie form, of Elton John. A little bit it more. Was, I mean, it was... Wait a minute. Have you seen the movie yesterday? Have you watched that yet? I did watch chunks of it, but incoherently. Weren't a fan? I wasn't feeling it. Okay, no. I, the, the thing I took away you? from it, it I the, the, I took away the thing I took away is, goddamn, the Beatles had a lot of good songs. Well, that's a, yeah, <laughs> right. That's the thing. But that's like Elton John, a lot of good songs. Yeah, like Queen <laughs> yeah. as well. Here we go. Such a good chord progression, the way it it's, builds up here. And then releases into the chorus. Wide shot of the fucking sea humanity. Unbelievable. Here we go. And the thing about this is the video, the cla- that's where the clapping came from, right. the video. And the people were doing it perfectly. Yeah. It was like... All right, let's jump ahead to, uh, thank God this guy put it up here, uh, the, the tam- timestamps. 829-A-O. How many people do you think claim that they were at this performance? Ten, oh, it's, it's, 100X? It's, like the, it's like the same, like in Baltimore, there's a, there's a uh, uh, the Colts played the, uh, the uh, Steelers in 76 and a plane crashed in the upper deck. Oh, right. And, a small, a light and, plane. I like playing. I want to keep down Holy fuck, man. I mean, come on. <laughs> All right, and that's what my favorite part. He says, "All right, all right, right back to him." I mean, no, but in '76, the Colts played the the Steelers in a in a playoff game. Plane crashes in the upper deck. The Steelers are killing the Colts, and like the the place is half empty. Nine hundred thousand people though claim they were still there when the game was going on at Old Memorial Stadium, and it was only like fifteen thousand people who who hung around. So yeah. Everybody says they were there, but like me, you weren't there. So it's probably like five hundred thousand people said they were at Wembley on Live Aid. Yeah, Hammer to Fall. This is the song. A a very little-known song that nobody ever remembers. Right. (laughs) 
but a really solid jam. Question. Yes. Do you think after this whole coronavirus thing is at least put in a headlock, however long that may take, do you think we'll have a concert like this, a benefit Very concert? Good. Somebody's going to have to put on the corona tribute concert, not tribute, but I, I don't know I don't know what the name would be, but somebody should. You may have started something, Dave. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of this. One thing that's tough is that, you know, you see you see all these scenes of people just crammed together, sweating, everything else without a care in the world. And all it takes is for one rogue virus to make everyone go, oh, shit, man. Like, it's, it's like you see these scenes and you're like, I don't know when people are going to want to feel comfortable doing that again. You know, how long is that going to take? Forever. I hope not. I'm supposed to go to see uh, Hall and Oates in August in, in Columbia, Maryland. And I'm like, do I really you think that, that now? Are you thinking that's 50-50 right now? That's 50-50, <laughs> yes. Tickets already bought. Oh, I may shit. have to get my money back from that or sell it or something. Oh, God. It. Well, let's, let's just take it week by week, you know. <laughs> Let's 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 hope things evolve quickly on the back end of this. You know, after after we sustain the peak, then you know, I don't know, I, if, who the fuck knows? You know, everything every day is a new day. And, you Have know, you been so, out? A uh, little tiny bit, you know, but now let me shit. I'm all the way way out here in almost West Virginia, and I just keep thinking like, but I don't have to go out. We got plenty of food. Like, why even risk it? You know, I like going to Seven Eleven, getting a big gulp. But I got to push the button on the stupid thing. I hate that I freak out about this, that I think about this shit. I, I'm contemplating when we hang up, going to McDonald's and getting some food. Well, do it. Well, then I'm just saying, it's like, I got to get out of the freaking house. Well, that's the thing. It, it is I'm important to get out. I'm about to go Jack Nicholson, and I'm about to go Jack Nicholson. <laughs> In The Shining. <laughs> yeah. That's right. All right. So last last thought on the college basketball games from last yes. weekend. I yes. said to multiple people, I think I even texted to you, I said, there were, there were more worthless white guys on the end of benches in the early 90s and 80s than, than there is today. And I love white people. I mean, you know, they're my people. They're good people, as good as any other subgroup, Jay. But, but, but it's a joke because so many of them were utterly useless in actual games. And the likes of Jay fucking Heaps, who was a soccer player, he was on the end of Krzyzewski's bench for four years. That's a completely wasted spot. Nowadays, I bet you the 12th guy on a college D1 bench is a pretty good fucking player. A decent guy. Uh, I um, I knew a guy who played at Duke. He lived in our neighborhood, and he was a basketball player at Old Mill, and he walked on at Duke. And he was, But he was really, 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 really good in high school. But yeah. he just, I mean, so I don't know. I watched, I watched Maryland UConn from 95. Uh, on YouTube, and remember Travis Knight? Yes. The big white stiff center. He went off in this game. Yeah, but that's because so, the game was slower. It was post oriented. If you had a if you had a nice set of post moves, you could execute. You could make hay. The game now is of gazelles and jumping jacks. Every I mean, kid, you, every you kid is outliers, six seven. But- I know, but every kid now is six seven. They they jump out of the gym. They're whip it fast. The game is played fast. They pressure the shit out of the ball. The lack of ball pressure back in the day was embarrassing. Oh, uh, but 
everybody now is built like, and I, I came up with this after watching uh, something over the weekend. Everybody now is built like Rasheed Wallace. Yes. Right now, everybody looks has that at body type. Better training, better conditioning. The state of the art is better in all regards. And you'll notice back in the day, not a lot of through the legs dribbles, not a lot of crossovers, no. not I mean, a lot of spin moves. You know, no, the only guys that had like, that shit were the outliers, like Pearl Washington for Syracuse. You know, back in the eighties. Am I wrong about that? No, like, no. yeah, like, like Kenny Anderson. Kenny had, Anderson. I was gonna say Kenny Anderson. Kenny Anderson had the most amazing fucking handle, and you're like, damn, how do we deal with this guy? He's really slick. Also, you know, they used to call palming back in the day, so that eliminated a lot of those very egregious crossovers. Do yourself a favor and watch um, the ACC final from '94 or '93, Randolph Childress. Okay. I have never seen someone go off like that in a college. That, that's still my favorite non-Maryland basketball game. To what? What he? Because he he crossed somebody over. The guy fell. Oh, it was um. Oh, was it McGinnis? I think it was Jeff McGinnis. Jeff McGinnis fell of a crossover, and Childress beckons him to come on over and lights a three in his eye. It was Randolph Childress for that weekend was the greatest player on earth. Yeah. All right, uh, Pornhub has made all of its premium content <laughs> free during the coronavirus for one month. I saw that on Twitter. And I was like, this is going to kill the internet now. <laughs> As if it wasn't already straining and wheezing under right. the under everybody, you know, downloading shit, you know, and, and, and streaming Netflix and whatnot. It's ridiculous, right? I have watched, I watched The Office. Uh, I watched. Do you see? Did you see King Tiger? Have you heard about this? I'm gonna watch it. I hear it's great. I hear it's like the the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. Just yes, yes, crazy ass shit. White people are very funny. <laughs> well, yes, we are. We, we uh, Jay. Uh, let's not get ourselves. Us white people have our own pathologies, uh, our own dysfunctions, just like any other group. They just manifest themselves in different ways. Netflix has some show, a lot of shows that people don't know about, and now they're going to, like, Ozark is coming back on Friday. I saw that. It looked pretty good. But here's the thing about Netflix, and I'm just now starting to use it because I honestly, up until now, rarely use Netflix just because being in the sports tumbler all day, every day, the cycle never ends. I didn't have a whole lot of time for it. But some people have complained that Netflix, if they just put anything on the front page, it'll get watched. I think that's that's true. That's true. Because people are lazy, basically. And they're like, yeah, I don't want to look and look and look and look and look. Oh, this is apparently popular. I'll give it a try. They got me on the show. It was about uh, these teenage girls in prison. And I was like, why am I watching this? Well, it was on the front page. And I clicked on it. (laughs) So, yeah. No, Netflix. I don't know. It's the the same people who uh, do the Netflix... uh, um, what are they? What is it? What is it, what is it called? The, the uh, thing that they um, that they can tell what you watch. What is what is it called? Why am I blanking? Oh, the algorithm. Algorithm. Thank you. I couldn't yeah. think of it. The same people did that, or the same people who made Chick Fil A chicken. I think. Oh, really? Why, why is it so good? I don't know. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> Can't explain. Uh, I I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm not really as horny right now during this whole thing. I'm stressed. I, no, I, no, I, I'm very stressed. And it's funny because 
my brother was saying he was because I was like I was taking my blood pressure and it was spiked up a little bit. And he goes, "You just worry too much." I'm like, "Well, I got a reason to worry." Right, you've you've got an underlying condition. Yeah, but I mean, I was like, "Did I get it? Did I touch anybody?" I'm like, "Oh God!" Right. So, yeah. so it it sort of dampens down the usual zeal to go. Huh, we go see what this is over here. Oh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> but have you have you seen Italy? Have you seen the pictures and videos from Italy? Yeah, it's like it's terrible. It's like ten thousand people in the nine over there. It's, it's terrible, like, and it's not. And somebody it's, said half of their population might be wiped out. No, that's not going to happen. Okay, thirty million people. I'm just I, maybe maybe I am. That's not am, that's not that's not gonna happen. That's not that every epidemiologist. I mean, there are, it does go in a curve. Like eventually, enough people get it, and and with this, there you know enough people uh, don't have really any symptoms that it stops spreading because it just doesn't have as many people. But it it'll burn through uh, the whole world for quite some time. Uh, until we get a vaccine for it that's effective, and who knows how long that's going to take, and it's going to kill a good number of people, which sucks. But then again, so does influenza, and I'm not comparing the two; they're different things. But this is bad. This is a bad one. It's uh, it's bad in its own certain ways. But I, I believe the whole world is working on this, and I'm going to bet on the world when it's all said and done. And I was I was a little sad because I was like, man, you know what? If this was a, if this was that not happened right now, I'd be oh, in. Oh fuck, dude! Las, I know. Las Vegas, Nevada. I know. Playing a betting on a game. Our world. My ass. Everything is such shit right now in terms of the world, and everything was so good two was, weeks ago. It was all. It was set up. It was so good two weeks ago. Okay, time for FTG. I've got one to lead off, so you got a little time here to think about it, Jay. And this is when I say fuck that guy, spoiler alert, it's not a guy. I'm not a good guy. Oh, I do have one. I'm I'm the guy. (laughs) Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Alright, here we go. This is the lead of all leads. She knows karate and Corona. A woman who is a black belt beat up her boyfriend and then coughed coronavirus at first responders who came to her house. Her name is oh. LaDonald, LaDonald Shacky Holmes. Oh, a, I, race check. Race check. <laughs> do, do you really, Jay, you got you to look her up. LaDonald Shacky wait, Holmes. Wait a minute. LaDonald. LaDonald Shacky Holmes. Black belt beats up boyfriend, coughs coronavirus on first responders. Why did Ms. Holmes, old LaDonald Shackey, get so pissed off at her boyfriend? Because she he refused to have sex Ooh. with her. Ooh. I'm looking at her. She's kind of a rough-looking chick. And, and look at her mugshot. She's got that head tilt and those pursed lips like, yeah, fuck that dude. Yeah, he oh. didn't. I told him, I'm stressed. I need some sex. Let's go. He wouldn't do it. Next thing you know, she roundhouse kicked him in the nose and then started Ugh. punching his lights out. <laughs> Happened in Orlando, Florida. Shocking. Yay, Florida woman. So to you, LaDonald Shacky Holmes, 
Fuck you! Alright, who's your FTG for the week, Jay? It was, I had pissed at Dana White. Dana, All right. it, it, took, it took the UFC like till the last minute to go, yeah, maybe this isn't a good idea. Dude, you have a sport in which people are uh, are, are wrestling each other. I mean, are you seriously, You were you seriously thinking that you could get this done? And he's kind of a dick anyway. I, I really am a not a uh, Dana White fan. Alright, so to Dana White you say... Fuck that guy. <laughs> Woman accused of assault also coughed in paramedic space. That's the lead on Huffington Post. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome, awesome in its own dysfunction. All right, Jay, as always, my friend, good to talk to you. Great work today on those top five performances. By the way, I know people will get pissed and go, where's Michael Jackson, uh, Motown? It was my list, so shut yeah, up. Right, you you want to include Michael Jackson? Your, Make your, your own. own fucking list. There you go. All right, very good. Thank you, Jay. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. We'll end on this today. You know how they say sometimes, man, I could listen to that guy read the phone book. Now, some of you views have said that about me. Uh, Burns, uh, Bunsen, uh, Bunchason, Bunvolon... <laughs> Doc Emmerich is the man. Doc Emmerich calls games on NBC for the NHL, has for years. And his incredibly sharp-witted, sharp-tongued, sharp vocabulary that he uses to describe the games, along with his impeccable inflection on big plays, and his clear passion for the game, and everything else makes him an absolute joy to listen to. That's why I watch NHL Stanley Cup Finals games and and playoff games, even if the Caps aren't in it, because he's that good. So having said that, this is a case where Doc Emmerich could, in, could do the play-by-play of something as mundane as having one of his wiper blades installed on his car, and it sounds awesome. This is a proud name that goes back to 1919, 101 years Kwood Service has been here. This is Paul Hoffman, a Red Wings fan. 5'9", 175 pounds, 34 years of service. This is like having Gordon Ramsay come to your house and having make microwave popcorn. (laughs) He's going to put on a windshield wiper. It's a clamp apparatus that snaps around to the driver's side windshield. It snips on like that, clamps down like that, and it's flat on the windshield. And uh, what? Let's go wings? Go wings. <laughs> Doc Emmerich calling an install of a wiper blade. I've now heard it all and I've seen it all. And to you, Doc, tip of the cap. Please, can you do more of that? I mean, I would listen to more of that. The more mundane, the better, because even you can make it exciting. Thanks for listening. Keep on keeping on. Be physically distant, but socially close. Recreate whenever possible. Get some exercise. Don't eat poorly just because we're currently in a big pause. Help out your neighbors. Help out local businesses. Do all the things you should. And just remember, there are better days ahead, and they will be glorious. Thanks for listening. Have a great Thursday, and we will see you next time. Everyone loves shopping online. 
Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary.